Welcome to the Athens Politics Nerd Podcast, where we break down ACC mayor and commission meetings to bring you the important local news. This week, Blake Odd from Flagpole and I will interview Commissioner Jesse Houle about the mall redevelopment, issues with our jail healthcare provider, and about Jesse's priorities for this year's budget. Here goes. I'd like to welcome Flagpole reporter Blake Odd and Commissioner Jesse Houle to the show. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. First off, I want to go to state politics. Governor Brian Kemp won re-election pretty convincingly on a conservative platform, but this year he seems to be charting a course back towards the middle, maybe? He's been supporting funding to address our housing shortage. He proposed a $2,000 raise for teachers, and he's making a big push for electric cars. And he even seemed to acknowledge the reality of climate change in some recent comments to Politico. Look, I think man causes all kinds of problems every single day, whether it's violent criminals. I'm sure there's effects on the environment from people that do things the right way and people that don't. (laughs) And I know that's a low bar, uh, but for a Republican, I was pretty glad to hear it. Um, Blake, what are your thoughts? Is Kemp more of a moderate than he's gotten credit for? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've kind of always thought that. He has a reputation, I think, for being more conservative than he actually is because he's had to run a couple of pretty tough primaries. And, you know, in 2028, he cut those ads with the big truck, you know, shooting the boyfriend and all that kind of stuff. And he did that because he was he was running behind in a Republican primary against Casey Cagle. And it worked and he won the primary. And then he pivoted towards, you know, things like tax cuts and raises for teachers in the general election. And that worked. And he beat Stacey Abrams. And he really did the same thing last year where he faced David Perdue. He talked a lot about things like critical race theory. You know, they passed a bill in the legislature banning critical race theory, which isn't even taught in K-12 schools. But, you know, that was (laughs) the big thing on Hannity and Tucker Carlson and all that. So, but, you know, I don't think he really, he's not really focused on that kind of thing. I mean, he's really more about like, tax cuts, cutting red tape, you know, being pro-business. So that's really where his priorities are. And, you know, with the electric car thing, I mean, he's casting that as an economic development issue. That's a jobs thing. I don't think he really cares whether it's an electric car or a gas-powered car. You know, it's a car factory. It's battery factories. It's jobs. You know, that's what he's really concerned about. And there was supposed to be a, a meeting between the, the county commission and the, the state legislative delegation, or, or local delegation anyway, um, but that was canceled. Do you have any idea of what we can expect this year to come out of the legislative session? Or like, is the commission you know, asking for certain things this year? Well, historically, the commission has kind of gotten together and put together a list of asks that would be presented to the state delegation. And that practice has kind of fallen off, I think, in part because the state delegation was uh, low attendance at some of those meetings, and then probably also some discord among the commission around which things to to prioritize in those asks. But the last time we had a list of asks, the focus was really honed on local policies that the state has a say over, things like the homestead exemption or other local level issues that the state has to approve. Hotel motel tax was another really big one. Um, that's one I'd still love to see us make progress on. If we could increase our hotel motel tax by even just a penny, be a, a really good source of revenue to help address some of the budget shortfalls we have on the local level. And that's something that across sectors, people in Athens and, and, and businesses in Athens have asked for. One of the problems is that they've sliced and diced us, Athens-Clark County, so much during redistricting that 
uh, we really only have one representative who fully represents Athens. Athens is a minority of their district. And so they don't need to pay attention to us. They don't need our votes. And it's probably advantageous to them to really ignore Athens or to actively work against Athens um, in the rest of their districts in these red counties. That's a big problem when it comes to getting getting anything out of our delegation. Um, but one, one thing the Mayor Gertz thinks that they may align on is housing. Governor Kemp has said that he's going to make affordable housing a major issue in the session this year. Kelly is going to be lobbying for um, some infrastructure funding, I think, that is going to make it easier for cities to add, add some density. I think it's pretty disrespectful that they didn't show up to this meeting. Um, you know, you're going to slice this into pieces and then you don't even show up to talk to us, you know, to, to our elected officials. How much less would they care about the opinion of a regular person? You know, I, it, it, it kind of gets me a little bit. But yeah, uh, on to local news. At the last commission work session, we heard some pretty alarming things about the Clark County Jail's healthcare provider, which is Armor Health. Sheriff Williams more or less accused Armor of a breach of contract, saying they're not staffing the jail with enough healthcare workers, and they've been responsible for medical errors, for failing to manage some acute injuries, you know, not to mention chronic conditions, and that they're resisting accountability. In 2021, they actually changed their name to avoid a lawsuit, according to Sheriff Williams. We've had some good people who worked for Armour, but those people have left because they were actually doing the right thing, unfortunately. And I think they got pressure put on them and now they're not there. So as we try to hold this current company more accountable, uh, we're getting pushback. And a lot of time what these companies do is they get in trouble, they change name or they create a LLC so they can't be sued under the other name. That's what uh, the one we're with has done in a lot of these companies. They change names and they change ownerships just to avoid those lawsuits. Jesse, I think this is just outrageous. What can we do to hold this company accountable? I would agree that it is outrageous. And I think it's the kind of outrageous that's become so normalized for so many years that it's hard to realize how outrageous it is until someone starts really talking about it. And I'm really grateful to Sheriff Williams for being willing to talk quite openly about these issues, you know? So I think a key first step when you're talking about something that's entirely within the purview of a constitutional officer, really the decisions around whether to revisit the contract and if and how to hold them accountable to it is under the purview of the sheriff. And so, you know, I think part of the shift we've seen with that new sheriff's administration is a a desire to really make some necessary changes. And unfortunately, big ship takes a long time to steer it in a new direction. It's been a couple of years, but here we are. And I'm, I'm really glad that he's talking about this. You know, you, you ask about accountability. It's hard to say, looking back, what can be done? You know, I, I can't give you a direct answer right now to like, you know, how do we hold this corporation accountable for their negligence necessarily? But I think probably the more important thing is how do we move forward? and have a healthcare provider that's actually providing health care. And so when we put out an RFP for a health contract, you don't want to just go for the lowest bidder, right? You want to go for the bidder who's going to provide the best care. And I'm really, really glad that the sheriff has taken that, that tack. Probably the only thing I'd add to that is, you know, the vast majority of the people in our jail have not been convicted of anything. Um, you know, they're there because uh, they can't afford to make bail. So. You know, just burn that out there. 
Yeah, I think that's a, a, a really important point, Blake. You know, we have this principle in our democracy that you're innocent <clears throat> until proven guilty, but people are experiencing punishment just waiting to have their situation assessed. So the commission's going to vote on the jail healthcare contract in on February 7th. And then something else that's coming before the commission in February is the mall redevelopment. Blake, what do you think about this? Uh, how's the mall redevelopment looking so far? I was not a fan of the first version. You know, I thought it was just really uh, unimaginative. And the latest version now that's coming to the commission is much improved. Uh, there's more green space, still too much parking, I think. Would probably like to see the buildings kind of broken up a little more. You know, they're these kind of like mega block apartment buildings. Uh, so it's a much better design than the one that came through last year. But, you know, I still think it's kind of mediocre. It's probably good enough to let through. You know, I'm not really sure. There, There's really not a reason they voted down. But I still just wish that it could have been it could have been something a lot cooler. You know, and I think I think Athens Clark County kind of dropped the ball a little bit because they've known this was coming for years and they could have bought the property. You know, they could have done a master plan. You know, more housing is great, you know, fine, but it's just not exciting. You know, this is a 75 acre parcel. It's a once in a lifetime opportunity to do something really, really cool. And it's just not, you know, it's just kind of meh. Jesse? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I don't have the same opinion that Blake does on this one. No, I know, um, I know you've, yeah. been, you've been championing it, I know, but I'm, I'm just, I'm just speaking my truth, so. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm really <laughs> glad that you are. Um, I mean, you know, the truth is, if I could dream up my uh, redevelopment of this property to look the way I'd want to, or even the way I think a lot of the people in District 6 or around Athens have talked about wanting it to look, you know, this doesn't look quite like that. It doesn't have as much green space. It's not as full of exciting, funky Athens things. You know, people talk about museums and skate parks and big, robust parks, and and, and it doesn't have those kinds of elements. Um, and it's just like this massive the, apartment building, right? Is that well, accurate? Or? There, there are a couple massive apartment buildings. There's also a lot of townhomes. There's also a lot of commercial real estate. Um, the parking situation, you know, there's there's a bit more asphalt than I think we'd like to see there. And part of that's actually because Belk has kind of this veto power over the whole thing based on their 40 plus year old contract. And so they've insisted on maintaining that massive parking lot on their side of the building. Um, so that's just kind of something that they've had to stick with. Um, I have heard from multiple people that efforts were made by the county to try and procure the property. And it was just a non-starter with the owner. So, you know, the nature of privately owned property is, except in rare circumstances, you can't make them do things, you know, so you got to, you got to try to incentivize their participation with the local government or their sale to the local government, but at the end of the day, they may not do that. And, um, but, you know, the utopian in me imagines this place that's got all this greenery and uses an area the size of downtown to look, you know, like another downtown, but with even more green space or something, right? Um, but the pragmatic in me or whatever you want to call that other side that exists alongside it sees the world we've got and we have to build the world we want from the world we've got and the world we've got on this tract of land is a sea of asphalts and a lot of vacant old buildings that aren't going to get used unless things are dramatically changed and i do think that this redevelopment plan is a dramatic alteration from what's currently there it checks a lot of really good boxes i mean it adds way more green space than is currently there the connectivity to other neighborhoods adjacent, 
you know, they're expecting to have a grocery store, which I know a lot of people want. I really can't emphasize how important it is to just have more housing right now. And they're building a lot of it. And they're using our inclusionary zoning ordinance as a model for including some affordable units in there. Um, they've got a senior housing component that also includes affordable units. They're going to put in a transit transfer station. Um, so I think there's a lot of really, really positive advantages to this redevelopment, even though it might not be 100% of everything we've dreamed of. Well, I never thought I'd see the day when I was more utopian than Jesse Ool, but here we are. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, I've just been so institutionalized already, you know. <laughs> uh, they've assimilated you, Jesse. Um, uh, I do, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned the transfer station. I do love the fact that it is going to include a transfer station. I'm skeptical that they will ever actually build it just because. I have no reason to be, but I'm just skeptical that, you know, that is going to, that is going to be the first thing that's going to go by the wayside for whatever reason. But that's going to be huge. Uh, one thing that troubled me was reading that GDOT is uh, going to widen Atlanta Highway to eight lanes. I think instead of uh, widening Atlanta Highway, we need to be thinking about shrinking it and turning some of those um car lanes and the bus lanes so that we could have a bus line that runs every 10 or 15 minutes up and down Atlanta Highway. It's already impossible to cross. So if we're talking about trying to make it a more walkable area, you know, you're just, you know, that is an impenetrable impenetrable barrier to crossing, even crossing the street. So you're not going to have a walkable area if you have an eight lane highway running down the middle of it. I also want to talk about the most important thing the commission does every year, which is the county budget. Budgets in recent years have funded progressive priorities like living wages for all ACC employees, a social work alternative to policing, and also fare-free transit. Jesse, uh, what are your priorities for the budget for this year? I mean, in short, they are very similar to what they've been in past years, um, but I think the context I'll be operating in will be, you know, very different, and that's you know, twofold. One is just the people serving on the commission are, are different now. And I think the individual priorities are not only going to be different, but the collectives uh, identified priorities, I think, may shift a bit. So in a lot of ways, just, you know, urging that we keep going the things that we've begun, I think, is going to be be a lot of it. And the other reason why it's going to shift is just because fiscally, we're not going to be as, you know, flush with cash as we've been in past years. So we've been able to fund new priorities while also reducing the millage rate. Um, but we have real infrastructure needs that have gone underfunded. And I think the low taxation rates in Athens and decisions that have been made by commissions over decades have left us in situations where a number of things are chronically underfunded. Um, and so there's the stuff that we've tried to inject in um, around co-responder teams and, and trying to expand those and the alternative police response team and more more money for affordable housing, using the ARPA money for things that are more about improving people's living conditions around social issues and less about building out infrastructure. But at the end of the day, you know, there's still pipes that are generations old that are failing and need replacing. And we continue to be millions of dollars behind on that. And then we, you know, we have these big rain events, which are only going to grow more frequent each year and they're washing out roads and now we have multiple road closures right now we have bridges that have been chronically underfunded for decades and then they collapse or you know pieces of them break off and then we suddenly discover that the good rating that it got the last time you inspected it was inaccurate and it's actually a failing bridge you know that's what fowler mill bridge is on the on the west side of athens in my district so there's just a lot of real infrastructure needs and infrastructure maintaining existing infrastructure is probably the least sexy thing to 
talk about something something Alan Reddish used to say uh, there there are no friends of infrastructure uh you know like there's a you know friends of you know memorial park or whatever um you know there's no group that's going to advocate for these things you know nobody's yeah. you're not going to hear 20 people come out to a commission meeting talking about culverts you know or stormwater drainage yeah um but you know you're absolutely right it's you know one of the basic functions of municipal, municipal government i also think it's interesting <laughs> Uh, when people complain about taxes in, in Athens, go go to a park one day and look at all the license plates. You know, you, you, there there will be a lot of Clark County license plates, but there's also a lot of Jackson County, a lot of Oconee County, mm-hmm. a lot of Barrow County. You know, maybe the taxes are a little bit lower in those places, but guess what? They, they're coming to Athens to go to the park because they don't have a park, because they don't mm-hmm. have the money to pay for a park. So it's like everything else you get what you pay for. I think there's like this imagination of just a lot of uh, fat in the budget to trim, you know, that like there's just money floating around that isn't going anywhere. But the like the pennies are really very accounted for. We actually have award-winning finance department that does a very great job of accounting for all of the pennies. Um, and they're getting spent and they're getting spent on things that I think people are enjoying and benefiting from. But to be honest, we're just we don't have enough to keep this going. We're going to keep seeing roads collapse if we don't find a way to pay for the pipes. We're going to keep seeing bridges close if we don't find a way to repair them. Um, and so recognizing that political reality and the political reality that we're just not going to see the same increases in revenue that we have in recent years, you know, I'm going to be vying mostly to keep going what we've been putting in place. Yeah, yeah thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thank you. Thanks for listening. I want to announce that this podcast is looking for advertisers. It might be the only way to keep this going long term. Please reach out to me if you're a business owner who is willing to contribute to keep this public service going. And as always, thank you to the patrons of APN. You keep everything I do going. Okay, I'll see you on the next one.